Turn with us to John 14. As we think today about without limits, I, you're going to probably wonder why this text, why on this day? Just stay with me as we go through this message and it'll become clear as we go through. As we are going to be in John 14, we're going to look in verses 12 through 14. While you're turning there, I want to remind us that last year on this day, last year on Easter Sunday, uh, we didn't have a service like this. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, there were two people other than me inside this sanctuary. And it wasn't on Sunday, it was on Saturday. We recorded the service on Saturday and Brother Marcus put the message and the music that was recorded on Wednesday together for a service to be displayed on Facebook and YouTube on Sunday. As a matter of fact, I spent last Easter Sunday morning with Jerry as we were riding our bikes on Sunday morning because Saturday we were tied up with church. What I know is that because of COVID, we were, and we still are, limited. Right before COVID hit, we were shoulder to shoulder all throughout this church. And now we have a section that has just been, until a couple weeks ago, it wasn't the whole church that we're, we're skipping every other pew. We're still somewhat restricted. You're still wearing masks. We're still, we still taking precautions at the doors. We're, we're still got the water fountains covered and we got a, a, a cooler in the middle of the water fountains for you to get water. We, we're sanitizing the church twice a week or disinfecting the church twice a week. We, we are limited in what we can do. We haven't opened up Sunday school yet. We, we've got this overflow in the Family Life Center because everyone, we can't just fill this place up. And we're, we've got limits that we're dealing with. But thank God, <laughs> thank God that he's in control. Because even with the limits and even without meeting last Easter Sunday morning, that night, I, because of the gifts that God's given us to understand technology enough that we could get the message out, I got a message on Facebook that Miss Patricia Lewis, who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, message to say listening to the service that we had put together through the week she had surrendered her life to the Lord though we may have been limited God was not limited and God was doing things we didn't realize he was doing there are limits in this world and we're going to live day to day year after year with these limits but we serve a God Who has unlimited power. And his power is so unlimited. No matter what the circumstance. He's not caught off guard. And he's still going to be able to accomplish his perfect will. When we look in this passage today. We want to notice that Jesus gives an indication. That there was coming a time when there would be no limits. 
upon the disciples. Look with me in verse 12 in chapter 14 in John's gospel. The Bible says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. Or he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, what a promise we have from our Lord and Savior. Oh, God, we thank you this day for your word. We thank you for the promises that we can lean on. And God, as we are here today worshiping you, we thank you for what this year is, that, that we're so much closer to some of these limitations being removed from us. And, and God, that we're not where we were last year. We have so much to praise you for. So God, we pray right now that as we... Uh, and, unpack your word we pray that you would hide me behind the cross that you would use me for your glory but God that you would speak to your people encourage us this day and if there's one who don't know you through your son Jesus Christ convict this day to where they'll call out what must I do to be saved and we'll see your faithfulness in action to where you are just and faithful to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Oh God, we're looking to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know how many of you can see me very well. But contrary to what some of you might think and contrary to what my wife might tell you, she has not hit me in the mouth. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I said that before I got out of here and you were thinking the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I woke up, one, well, I was woke up one morning and that's exactly why I woke up. She says she was asleep, but she's punching me right in the mouth. <laughs> so that didn't happen this time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's a Tyler, ain't he? <laughs> uh, when we look in this text, we need to understand what is going on. Why, why we actually come to this text. What is surrounding this text. Jesus has just predicted his death was on the horizon. He shares where he is going and, and they will not be able to follow him immediately, but Sometime afterwards, they would be able to go where he was going. Amen. Well, Peter wanted to know why. <laughs> why can't I follow you? As a matter of fact, Peter says that you know I'll lay down my life for you. Amen. And Jesus responded to Peter, indeed you will lay down your life for me. But before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Amen. Then Jesus proceeds to tell his disciples not to worry. As they believed in God, they could also believe in him. He tells them that he was going away to prepare a place for them. And, but he would come again and receive them unto himself. That wherever he was going to be, they could be with him. But you know, Thomas, this doubter, he spoke up. 
and asked, well, where are you going? If we don't know where you're going, how are we going to get there? How are we going to know the way? And it appears to me, I don't know how you read those first six verses in this chapter, but it appears to me that Jesus might have got a little hmm, disappointed. Or maybe he even got a little frustrated because he speaks so quickly and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. At that moment, they should have known where he was going. He's telling them he's going to the Father and you can't come until I bring you there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a sad world where people think there's many ways to God when Jesus has made it clear he's the only way there. Amen. When we continue to see what all played out, Jesus shares with them. And it just appears to me, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it appears to me that, that he, he was somewhat disappointed. They didn't already know this because he tells Thomas, he said, if you would have known my father, you would have known me also. Or if you would have known me, you would have known my father also. All right. and, you know, Philip even got involved in this conversation where he says, Lord, show us the father. <laughs> They had been with him in flesh for three and a half years. And Jesus says, if you would have known me, you would have known the father, but he, he says, have I not been with you so long that you don't know that I am in the father and the father is in me? Jesus shares these words to them to encourage them. He shares this to them so that they would know not, they don't have to be troubled by what takes place these next few hours. But as we look at the text that we read this morning, I want us to notice that there's a message that the disciples were missing. It appears that Jesus is telling them that in just a little while, things were going to be different. The disciples were not aware of what was about to take place, but Jesus was fully aware of what was going to happen. And in just a few days, things would be different than they were in the moment in which they were living well what was it that the disciples didn't know well they they were not aware that on their they were on their way to the garden of gethsemane while in the garden that jesus would pray for himself pray for them and also pray for you and i they weren't aware and it was obvious because they went to sleep when jesus told them to tarry a little while 
leaving the garden, they weren't aware that they were going to be confronted by soldiers and and religious leaders. They weren't aware that Jesus would be arrested. They weren't aware that that night he would be illegally tried. They would be false witnesses there. They weren't aware that Jesus was going to be convicted of a crime he did not commit. And the next day that he would be crucified on an old rugged cross, they they were not aware in that moment that they were going to run off into hiding. And they were not aware that on the third day, things would forever change. That they would forever see their Lord different than before. Because after the third day, they would see their Lord without limits. (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? (laughs) I'm telling you that prior to the resurrection, Jesus experienced limitations. Now, I've got your attention because some of you think I'm foolish. Just stay with me. Prior to the resurrection, we go all the, back, all the way back to Jesus' birth. We, we know he was born of a woman. And he was God's only begotten son. But while he was God's only begotten son, he was still Mary's baby boy. Amen. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 tells us that Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So let's be clear here. This doesn't mean that there was ever a time when Jesus was not God. It also doesn't mean that he was half God and half man. Instead, what this means is that while he was on earth prior to the resurrection and because Jesus was 100% God and 100% man, he faced some limitations. Because Jesus was in fact God in the flesh, he was able to do great things aside from the miracle of his birth. He turned water into wine. He cast out demons. He made the lame to walk. He made the dumb to talk. He made the blind to see. He made the deaf to hear. He he did many great things. He healed the sick. He calmed the wind and the sea. He cleansed the leper. He fed a multitude. 5,000 men plus women and children with two fish and five loaves of bread. He pulled a coin out of a fish's mouth and he walked on water. Because he was 100% God. There are about 37 different miracles listed through the gospels that he was able to do prior to the resurrection. But we also must remember he was 100% man. Yes, while he was 100% God and 100% man, he was omniscient. He had all knowledge. He was the word made flesh. There was nothing that he didn't already know. There was nothing that was made that he wasn't a part of making it. He was also omnipotent. He had all power. The miracles themselves testify to God's power. To Christ having all power. Think about when they. He he was not just omnipotent and omniscient. He was also sovereign. Let's think about when they came to him. And told him that Lazarus, whom he loved, was sick. 
the disciples thought that they needed to rush to where Lazarus was. But Jesus said, don't worry, his sickness isn't unto death. What does that mean? He, it meant that his sickness wasn't going to be an eternal death. <laughs> That's what Jesus was talking about. We would think that because of his affection for Lazarus and Mary and Martha, he would have went on. But Jesus knew some things had to play out. You see, there was this mystic, this Jewish mysticism to where they believed that the spirit could linger around for three days after someone had died. And because the spirit could linger around for three days, the, spirit, the body could come back up. But on that fourth day, it was believed that the spirit would just vanish. It would go to wherever it was going, whether it was going to the Lord or whether it was going to hell. It would just go on that fourth day. So Jesus waited. Amen. <laughs> he waited. Until the fourth day when he was when he arrived. So there'd be no doubt that he was in control of all things. Yes, he was sovereign. He was omnipotent. He was omniscient. Yes, he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. He was sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient. However, because he was 100% man, we know he hungered. We know he thirsted. Yes, we know he rested. We know he slept. There were moments when Jesus didn't want people to, to go out and share the things that he had done because he knew people would come and try to lay hands on him. All of this was due to the fact that he was 100% man but the biggest limitation of him being a hundred percent man that he faced was he was not omnipresent because what I mean is he wasn't able to be everywhere always because he was a hundred percent man he was limited to time and space prior to the resurrection and we can see in chapter 8 of Luke's gospel when the ruler the rich, the, the a ruler in the synagogue fell down at Jesus' feet and he begged him to come to his house. Can you imagine Jairus, this, this ruler who comes to Jesus? He's wanting Jesus to come right now. He's got a 12-year-old daughter that is sick and she's about to die. And the only help she has is if Jesus could get to where she was before she died. Jesus saw the faith of this man and he started out with him but on his way the mob gathered around and Jesus couldn't go any further he was just stuck right there and, and while he was stuck there there was this there was this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years she had spent everything that she had and, and all of a sudden she come from behind everybody she reached up from her from her hands and knees and, and touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole that I want to tell you he was there in a place he needed to be but he couldn't get the Jairus daughter Amen. that crowd prohibited him from going to where that little girl was who was dying after this had took place they came running while Jesus is still in the midst of the mob they come Jairus don't bother the master don't bother him today She's already gone. <laughs> because Jesus was 100% man, he couldn't get to where she was at. 
but I thank God he's 100% God. Because it didn't really matter when he got there, because when he got there, he put the mourners out and he raised her to life. But he couldn't be there because he was 100% man. What does this mean for us? It means that prior to our salvation, because we are 100% man, we must realize that we, we are limited. Prior to our salvation, we were really limited. We were in this flesh. There's, there were times and there are times when we get tired and we get weary and we get weak. And folks, I've been weary and I've been weak and I've been tired this week. It just seems like more and more it's been piled upon me, not just because of the funerals, but, but just the stress that I put upon myself. There are times when we feel like we just can't go any further. There are times when we feel like the pain is too much to bear. Prior to our salvation, we would become discouraged, depressed, and distraught because prior to our salvation, we were dead in the trespass of our sins. We didn't have a power source to tap into. We didn't have, prior to our salvation, we didn't have anyone who was... We didn't have anyone to help us against the one that we actually served. We served our enemy, that roaring lion who was seeking to devour us. And sadly, some of you today are still serving your enemy. And you have no power source to tap into when you're weak and weary. When you feel pain, that's almost just too much to bear. Or when you feel discouraged, depressed, or distraught, Because you're still dead in the trespass of your sins. And prior to salvation, that's where you will always be. Those of you who are saved, aren't you glad it's not like that for us today? That God's grace is sufficient when we are tired and we're weak and we're depressed and distraught. When we are confused and uncomfortable, God's grace is sufficient. Yes, prior to the resurrection, Jesus experienced limitations. But post-resurrection, Jesus' examples, no limitations. Oh, isn't that good to know? <laughs> Something changed. Something happened because of the resurrection. When Jesus stepped out from the tomb on the resurrection morning, God unleashed his power with no limits. And today, Christ has no limits. Often we fail to really understand the significance of what really happened that morning. After the resurrection, there was, a, there was different things that had changed. Jesus no longer was limited to one location from the manger to the cross because he was 100% man Jesus had been limited 33 years to being in one place at one time he during all of that he humbled himself he emptied himself he limited himself the time and space but he is now accessible everywhere anywhere and to anyone at any time while limits, while limited by time and space, wherever Jesus went, he perfectly obeyed God's 
God's will. He perfectly defeated Satan. He perfectly served God and his will. But he was unable to be. But he was only able to be in one place at one time. But after the resurrection. Because he was no longer trapped by time and space. It seems he was everywhere at once. The New Testament records Jesus being spotted all across north and south of of Israel over the next 40 days. He appeared at the empty tomb out of nowhere. We remember the women ran, ran into the tomb, saw it was empty, ran out, and one just lingered. And all of a sudden, there he is. We remember as there were two of his followers walking on the road to Emmaus. And and while they were walking, all of a sudden, Jesus just appeared. Those those disciples were in a room hiding from from the religious leaders and and all those that were out looking for them. And Jesus just appeared while the door was locked. Eight days later, while Thomas had said that he would only believe when he saw Jesus and he was able to put his hands in the nail prints of his hand and and touch his side. And and Jesus appeared and showed him the nail prints and told him to put his hand in his hand and his hand in his side. Yes, Yes, he just appeared. He... (laughs) Jesus appeared to 500 more people. Those who had believed in him prior to his death. He accomplished in all of this in a country filled with spies, filled with soldiers, filled with religious leaders who hated him and what he stood for and wanted, wanted to find his body. And after the 40 days was over, while the disciples were watching, He ascended back to the Father. Folks, time and space no longer could hold him after his resurrection. And today, time and space cannot limit him anymore. Jesus, here in our text today that we had read, he says that he who believes in me The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go back to the Father. Ten days after his ascension, he was back with the Father. Fifty days after his resurrection, while the disciples were praying in an upper room, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to indwell these believers. And and this opened up an unlimited resource of power that that anyone who believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, when they believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died so that we could be forgiven of our sin, that he arose from the grave to give us victory over death, hell, and the grave. When we believe and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us and we tap into an unlimited power source that will never leave us and never forsake us. That's why according to the text, because of the revelation, the resurrection, we can ask Jesus whatever we want and he will answer us. So what does that really mean for us today? It means that we are without excuse. Whatever the Lord is leading us to do, we have an unlimited power source that will always be with us no matter what we're called to do. We don't have to be afraid. We have someone living within us 
that, we, that has the power to give us what we need to do and accomplish what he has for us. Amen. Whatever the Lord is calling us to do, we had an unlimited resource that no matter what it is, he'll be there with us. Wherever the Lord is leading us to go, we have an unlimited power resource that will always be with us no matter where it is. Whatever is going on in our lives, no matter what our circumstances look like, we have an unlimited resource that we can tap into to give us peace, give us comfort, give us strength to help us walk day to day with our Lord. This power resource allows us here in Fairmont to experience God's presence and power while in Benson, my friend Mark and his team and his congregation are experiencing the power and presence of God while, while in Pembroke, my friend David Dine and, and, and Jason Whitfield and Jason Chandler and Kelvin Locklear and their congregations are experiencing the presence and the power of God while in other areas of the counties, in our county and surrounding counties, my friend Jarrell Brewer, my friend Chris Webb they're, they're all experiencing the presence and the power of God right now. Churches all over the world right now who are gathering it's tapping into the presence and the power of God folks because of the resurrection Jesus is here right now. As soon as the first believer walked into this building while I was on my way Jesus was here while he was with me protecting my vehicle. I want you to know now he's everywhere, always, never absent from his loved ones. Oh, folks, because of the post-resurrection, we have a Lord and Savior who has no limits. Oh, we ought to celebrate the resurrection. Because he has no limits and he lives within us. We only limit ourselves. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, there are no limits. While I was in school, I understood how my mind worked. I understood how weak and frail I was. I understood while I played ball... As much as I loved it, I understood I was in high school 5'7", 140 pounds. I understood while playing basketball, I was 5'7", 140 pounds. And I limited myself. I understood I grew up in a community of very few people. And, and I limited myself. I barely got out of college because I felt like I didn't need to be there because I limited myself. Oh, but thanks be to God. I'm not that naive little boy anymore. That now there is nothing that I can't do. I fight that. I fight that, that how limited I feel I am, but I do know now with the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within me because of the God that we serve, because of the resurrection, there's no limits. We can do whatever it is God wants us to do. Some of you here today are probably thinking and saying to yourself, I just can't live the Christian life. Truth is, you can on your own because you're limited. <laughs> the flesh you're living in is limited. 
But because Jesus has resurrected, because he is at the right hand of the Father, because the Holy Spirit of God will live within you, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, he will equip you and he will empower you to be a witness for Jesus, to work for Jesus, and to worship Jesus. Oh, Brother Kent, he'll do it, won't he? (laughs) He'll do it. When we think that we're not good enough... He'll just pour his love and his power upon us and show us that in spite of who we are, he'll work in our lives. Oh. (laughs) Why they come understanding that prior to the resurrection, there were limits, but the resurrection took place. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus came up out of the grave. No longer confined by time and space. He's without limits today. So those of you who may be afraid, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that he lived a sinless life. You believe that he died for our sins you believe that he arose on the third day listen God's grace is sufficient in other words it's more than enough it is adequate and if you'll call upon the name of the Lord hmm, and his unlimited power he'll not only forgive you of your sins he'll cleanse you up from your sins he'll make you right with him and he'll give you life forevermore and what you don't understand through the power of his Holy Spirit that will reside in you he'll teach you along the way I want you to know that there's no Christian on the day that they got saved had it figured out As a matter of fact, I don't know a Christian that has it figured out. It's a day-to-day walk. You can choose to walk in your flesh. Or you can choose to walk with no limits. It's up to you. Jesus has done all that needs to be done. Now, what will you do? If you believe, all you must do is confess. Confess you are lost and without a Savior, you're on your way to hell. Confess Jesus is Lord and Savior of the world. Confess Him as your Savior. 